dude how's it going hey pretty good how you doing good my mind is wrenched oh I'm yeah really well. struggling over here though i'm doing good except for that <laughs> yeah this is this is pretty late for you isn't it oh god um it's not so bad i just i'm usually up late but like um pretty slow you know <laughs> nice but um so i i was uh, thinking about our our last call and mm-hmm. just talking about gravity a little bit and how much it's it's uh it's like upending makes me so uncomfortable to think about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said something last time that i didn't even like register like something about grooves or like curving down or something and i was just like i'm like okay yeah well the thing is i don't know even how all i can do is tell you what's bothering me it's not mm. gonna make anything clear mm-hmm. but like i think up until I mean, we were talking last time about that moment in Starbucks when I was like, oh my gosh, I guess this is completely different than what I thought. I've just, I think I've just been wrestling with it ever since and not on an infrequent basis, but I think before it was like, before that day, it was like, all right, well, there's things that have mass and there's this force called gravity and, you know, things with bigger mass than other things pull those things towards the center of, of the really big things. Mm. And that was fine. Mm-hmm. And I was vaguely aware of like, you know, problems with that. Like, well, um, you know, why isn't everything collapsing on itself? And how does that happen? Like, does gravity move faster than the speed of light across the universe? Like, why isn't everything getting pulled in all kinds of crazy directions? Mm-hmm. But I'm not a mathematician and I, you know, who knows? But what has landed with me since then is that gravity is less well described as a force at all. Yeah. That's what you were saying that really caught my attention. Yeah. So what, what freaked you out about that? I've just never occurred to me to think of it as anything other than like, kind of like a version of magnetism just for, for, or suction for lack of a better. Right. Mm -hmm. Totally. So what has kind of the, the, everything that I've read so far, um, has, kind of landed with you cannot conceptualize this so everything that we're going to show you to help you conceptualize this is a fail yeah um and so some of what they do is like they because it goes very quickly to the fourth dimension this makes me feel better because all of the all of the concept the the visualizations just like make no sense yeah we were talking about this last time too right totally yeah um and so i watched one last week that was like all right so pretend you're living in a 2d world and this is this is how mind-bending this would be for you and basically it was like these two cockroaches and i guess i'm the cockroach here (laughs) this example uh start at the equator next to each other and they start walking north from the equator right and they think they're walking in a parallel line and then they meet Mm mm-hmm yeah, once like they, they go in the opposite directions, right? And they're like, "No way! This totally isn't possible. We're walking in parallel lines." Yeah, straight line uh, away from each other, and wait, right? So, t- so right. yeah, what they didn't realize is they were working on they were walking on a curved surface. Correct. So this reminds me yeah. of Flatland too. Remember? Did you ever read that? I didn't. I thought oh, I would have sworn you read that. So, so there's a, a sort of similar attempt to 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 instill in the reader a realization that there's no freaking way you're going to understand this. So like right. like there is no model, right? So in the it's 
it's I thought it was going to be similar. It's actually a little different, but in Flatland, it's everything's two D, and the citizens of Flatland are all shapes like circle, triangle, blah blah blah, and and they have a whole social hierarchy based on how many sides they have and whether or not it's acute angle or obtuse and all this stuff. And then, and, and the author is like, now imagine for a second that this society of two-dimensional geometric shapes is highly evolved, but they're just perfectly flat. They just exist on this plane. And then a human comes along and is outside of the two-dimensional space, but encounters the two-dimensional space. And like their hand passes through flatland. And at first, like, so if you imagine like a hand, fingers pointing down, coming through flatland from above and like you're a triangle and you're laying there and all you can see is two dimensions of this three-dimensional thing and at first you would just see like one cir- a dot and then a circle appear as w- as the first finger started to pass through flatland and then the other fingers would hit and then all of a sudden you just out of nowhere you know four other f- three other fingers would appear then the thumb would hit and then you'd be like what is happening right now and as the hand passed <laughs> right. through the circles would approach each other and turn into one blob shape, which is the actual hand going through the two-dimensional space. And then it kind of like the, as I recall, the the kind of moral of the story is like, you're not going to understand the fourth dimension. Because it's like, if you go up one dimension, stuff is just going to, if you imagine the same situation, but we're 3D and, and 4D is entering into three-dimensional space in what seems like random impossible ways, but if you were outside of the third dimension, you'd be like, oh, it totally makes sense. Like he's just waving his hand through, you know, he's waving his fourth dimensional hand through 2D, uh, 3D space. So it's, it's like, it's like exponentially it, it, crazier. It, it's a great, it's a great illustration of what they're trying to say, which is kind of where I am right now in terms of like trying to grasp some of it and trying to wonder if like without math, like can you can, can you get anywhere with with this. And I, I think the bottom line might be that you can maybe get a concept, you know, that's different from the, Newton's gravity. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the mass is just pulling at each other like an object. Like maybe, maybe you could like over time, like get yourself, get myself to be able to not think of it that way and have some really inag- inadequate picture in my mind that is not even right, but it's just different. <laughs> You know, yeah, it's less wrong, but the, right? It's less wrong. So the the things that helped me a little bit this week were like, um, you know, the image that you've seen of like the trampoline with the bowling ball on it, mm-hmm. you know, with the grid line for the trampoline. And I was listening to a podcast, um, and basically the conversation in the podcast went to what I needed to hear, which was, well, you can kind of picture what that would be like if you pictured. I don't know what it's called, but you know, in the those death cages in Barnum and Bailey where the motorcycle just goes round yeah. and round and round. Yeah, yeah. So then it landed with me. Cause it's like that, that grid that they show online all over the place is actually a ball around the, the, the mass. If it's a sphere, right? Okay. So space is bent. I, I this is again, me just, yeah. you know, tagging along with this podcast that could be completely wrong, but it is with a physicist talking and a um, and an amateur who you know is the editor for like Astronomy Weekly or whatever, but he's still like an amateur. So you hope that, that maybe they're they're hope. like <laughs> making some sense. Yeah. But it's like the motorcycle. This gets to what you said at the top, which is like it's not gravity pulling you down. It's the motorcycle is trying to go straight. Yeah. But the curve of the wall is 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 bending it is bending it around. But 
that causes all kinds of other problems because why doesn't it just just keep going in a circle around the earth if there's just this weird again you can't conceive of it right like you mm. can't conceive of i can't conceive of it as even a ball that motorcycles are rolling around inside of but mm. it seemed a little bit more helpful than the 2d picture so in your travels do and you said earlier that people are like i i can't explain this to you it it does seem to indicate that they can explain it to themselves like it's like i understand it but there's not an easy way to explain it to you so would you is it fair to say that there are people who totally understand how gravity works like why yes. it works okay yeah they do totally understand it and it's from the math and this is again my take it for what it's worth but i think it's they're living in a world of math and the equations make sense to them mm -hmm. and it, it it adds up and they so they had the newtonian view mm -hmm. which was math as well which is crazy because the newton's math i think we said this last time we were talking is still used like today when nasa goes into space right it's crazy um but his math still works at, at certain levels apparently mm -hmm. but then you had einstein come in with basically he apparently did all his work through thought experiments and then followed with the math. So he did special relativity, I think in like 1905, I think he did general rel general relativity later. And then like very quickly after that, like four years or something like that, after that it was confirmed with mm -hmm. observation. And then that was, well, that was like one confirmation. And then they just kept coming the confirmations. Right. So I, they have the math, they have the conceptual understanding that he had that I can't understand mm. and, and I've never read. And uh, so I assume I can't understand it, but, <laughs> um, and then, and then they have, they have the observations that back it up. So, but it, they're like you said, do they understand how gravity works? Yes. With the huge caveat that it, it doesn't work when you get down to small particles. And that's that whole challenge with, um, you know, seeking a unified theory of everything. Mm where you have gravity functioning on a large scale and you have quantum mechanics doing the small stuff, but gravity breaks down when you get to the small stuff. Mm. So they, something's, something's still not right. So do they understand it? No, but they can, they have some concept of how it's functioning and it's predictable and observable. So that, yes. So the math piece and that observation, subsequent observations have aligned with the math you know, like you said, there might be observations that we make that don't align with the math, but they're apparently rarer than the ones that are post-Newtonian. But I feel like, in my, it, to me, uh, knowing the math means that you can predict stuff, but it doesn't mean that you know how it's working. Like, what is the, what's the substrate? Like, is it a property of both objects, or is it a property of space-time? Like, is it a yeah? The is, why you can keep going with the why question. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that, and that came up in what I was, what I was reading too. Like, so people were saying like, I guess this, this kind of just go a quick tangent on that. Yeah. Also, I had a really unfortunate mind blowing experience again, which <laughs> more of a statement of how stupid I am, but like, <laughs> like, I'm like, okay. So I had been walking around with this really thin understanding that light was a wave and a particle. I, I you might as well have just taught me like a fortune cookie statement. I don't know really anything what that means. Yeah. And like Leo's and then, trustworthy is kind of like, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess it's a yeah. wave and a particle, but then I'm like, 
well, a wave in the ocean is energy making the molecules of water go up and down. So in the vacuum of space, what is, what, what's it, what's waving? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a vacuum. There's nothing there. And like they, again, like somebody had this notion of ether, which I think may have been like back in Newton or Galileo's time. Yeah, no, I think that was Lawrence. I think Lawrence was the ether guy. Um, and I, I, so what, what's light waving? What's light waving? (laughs) Yeah. What's the substrate? So, I mean, there's no, there's like, a, well, yeah. <laughs> is it? So, well, it's, I, I, I mean, don't know. Photons like, are particles. So it's, so it's, I mean, yes, space is a vacuum, but there's not nothing in it. So maybe it's the part, maybe it's the photons that are, are determining the wave. Yeah. It's, I, I would whatever. imagine that it's a frequency of, it's a stream of photons in a particular frequency, which gives you the color, but, um, it's, so the photons would be the water but right. right in space right is a vacuum but it's but also the is, energy <laughs> right what's the what's the, what's the thing that makes the photons move like you know like a star okay a star is emitting light what does that mean i guess it means it's shooting out photons and we call it light because we can see it we can see photons approaching us in a particular frequency but i don't know if that i don't know if that gets you any farther if that's just kicking the can down the road or or if it's even completely wrong so, so uh, along the lines of the point, the question you were asking about gravity is like, I've come across like these threads that I started pulling on that will be a completely, like, I have nothing really to say about it at this point, except for they're investigating the existence of gravitrons. It's like gr- gravitron, like the, like this is what I watched after school when I was six was gravitron, like assembling a single giant robot from five. Pretty sure that was gravitron, but now, you know, that's the. The next particle that I, or, or power i don't know what it is and then there's also talk about maybe it's dark energy that's that's doing it i don't know that sounds like but still it's like the energy what what's the what's what the substrate either. like what's the water you know what's the um it, well it would, they, it this is one statement that i've heard multiple times on, on multiple multiple podcasts was that the the mass tells space-time how to bend and space-time directs the motion of mass. Does that help? That's interesting. Cause... I really wish they picked a different name than space-time. They should have called it ether. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it does kind of. It reminds me of the motorcycle in a cage kind of thing. It's like they interact with each other. But Well, this was the, the other crazy thing that, I, again, I don't know if it sheds any light or just things, makes things more confusing, but I'd been starting to wrap my head around the fact that it's like, okay, you have an object moving mm-hmm. and we don't perceive it to be moving. But like, even if I'm like sitting here and I drop a ball, I'm, we're flying through space at yeah. some thousands of miles an hour. Mm. And that ball is encountering a curve in space time and it's driving it towards the earth. I perceive it as going straight down, but it's, it's hitting some kind of a gutter <laughs> in space. Oh, that's what you said last down. time. Right. It was like, cause that's what I so pictured. I, I, so that, that was like what I was like, again, that doesn't even make any sense, but it's like trying to figure out, like, it's not the ball getting pulled down. It's like, it would be going straight if, if the, if the paper weren't bent, you know, like if you're looking at a, like that 2d paper, now you've curved it around a globe. Now the, the three angles of a triangle don't add up to 180. Yeah. Now, th- this is right actually, angles aren't right. Yeah. That is actually starting to open up a new pathway in my brain. So it's like, wait a second. Okay. 
it's going straight on a curved surface is kind of like kind of like exactly. the roaches, you know. That does right. kind of that's a whole brand new way to look at it that doesn't blow my mind. I'm like, okay, I can kind of kind of get there. It's almost like if I picture the earth moving to the left. Mhm. And if you step back, if you're on the moon watching that ball drop, mm. it's not going straight down. Right. right? If it you're is the, curving. Sure. But if you're on the sun, it would be a different curve. So like no matter where you're standing, it's going to be a different curve. Right. And that may also be perfectly okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I, like, but the point being like uh, another, another, we were talking about light, light speed, not changing. And this does tie into the point. I'm not just mm. completely flying all over the place here, but <laughs> Like they were saying, if you're, if you have mirrors on the mirror on the floor, mirror on the ceiling in a train yeah, and you're outside the train yes, and, I like this you're, one. and you're timing it, mm-hmm. then you can clearly see that the light is zigzagging to get from point A to point B and therefore it is going a longer distance. Yes. And know, depending it, on what yes. your vantage point is. Right. And since it's a constant speed that doesn't, that this was the same story. Uh, what's the guy's name? Brian Green. Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. So he, he told a similar story and it was like, uh, it gets into this concept of like simultaneity and that you can't know if two things happen at the same time or not. And, and then, and then Trump gets elected because there's no truth anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. But it's, it's so, all right. So I, I think I've taken you at least to where I got at one point, which was like, it's not falling. It's moving. It's trying to move in a direction and it's just getting pushed. It's hitting a barrier of some kind mm. and it's space. Space is bent. Now, I, I clearly I have no concept of what space time is because this image that I have is like space is curved. And so the ball is traveling in a straight line, but being driven down to the planet. But it's not space then, that's curved. It's space time that's curved. Exactly. Which is like, not exactly like I understand, but yeah precisely i don't fucking understand yeah it's that's why i said before i wish they had come up with a different name for it because it's it's not it's kind of like fourth dimension you know it's like saying that that space space time is like a different concept from what what you think of as time or space but they don't but i've never i've never heard someone really do a good job explaining what space time actually is like how how the only metaphor that you ever see is the the graph paper trampoline with a bunch of bowling balls on it and it's like yeah but what's space time what does that mean well i at least felt like you know i could see an entrance to a path you know ten thousand miles away but i could see the entrance it's way over there i i I can start walking in that direction (laughs) like i'm starting to get something here that's not there's a string going from the center of me to the center of the planet there's something else Mm -hmm. even though it's completely inadequate because i can't even get the basic terms and then, and then, and then I saw this other freaking video that now I'm just like, well, now what, now what do I do? Because this guy does a video where the, the locus isn't like the focus of it isn't around like, you know, again, this childish image of space bent, mm. but now he's telling me that time is gravity. And he's saying that when you, this time dilation, uh, phenomenon that you brought up last time. Mm is always going to be that the 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 closer you are to uh the mat a large mass this the slower it goes slower it goes yeah, yeah the slower it goes and everything again not infinitesimally small but everything does have space between the bottom and the top 
Mm-hmm. And so we, he was basically saying that the top of me, uh, mm-hmm. or take take an, a, an object, he had a squirrel floating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just <laughs> as one does. But he had, <laughs> yeah, and he was like, pretend there's no gravity. In your mind, there's no gravity. You have the earth here at the bottom of the page. You have a squirrel floating. Yeah. And you can picture the top time is moving uh, faster at the top of the squirrel than at the bottom of the squirrel. <laughs> and and then he kind of set that image aside and brought in another image that was a graph and the y-axis was space and the x-axis was time. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to show time moving on that graph and kind of like in a, you know, uh, in speed. So if you can just picture the graph for a second, yeah. then it, towards the bottom of the graph, you had horizontal lines that had enough texture to them so you could see how quickly they were moving. Mm-hmm. And so up and down the y-axis, you had all these horizontal lines that represented the speed of time yep. at that, mm-hmm. at that, at that height altitude. in space. Yep, yep, yep. So it starts to look like a river with currents where the current is moving slower at, at the lo- closer to zero you are on the y-axis mm, and the currents is... are moving much faster at the top. Yes. And so you put it, you put a squirrel in that and the current starts to push, push the, the squirrel over, right? It starts to rotate it so that it's, it's it, to the extent it has any motion, it, it will start, time will start pushing it down towards the mass. So th- I think this is the direction to go in terms of understanding it, because this, this is similar to something we, I think we talked about it last time, but it was like, it's like, it's like you're, you're naturally going to get pulled to a place where things are less, um, hectic, not the right word, but like where things are aging more slowly, it's going to, like, those things are going to, it's kind of, I, the thing that I, the thing that I am struggling with, with a lot of these conversations is like, is like, is this a property of the squirrel or a property of time? Right. Or sp- space time I mean, or whatever. Not right, but like great question. You know, I, mm. I don't know. Yeah. So I get, is it a force that's acting on the squirrel or is, is it, is it a property of all physical bodies, let's say, or anything made up of atoms and molecules and neutrons and whatever that they are going to air quotes want to age more slowly. And so the, so they will be attracted to places in space time where they age more slowly or when things are just chiller not as not as not as uh, chaotic or fast i guess well, i'll come i'll come back to that statement that i kept seeing all over the place which was mass tells space time how to curve and space time um directs the motion of mass mass tells space time how to curve right so that explains the trampoline diagram and well, then and even even the squirrel even the squirrel d- description because it the curve i mean again like I get the sense that all of these, all of these conceptual conceptualizations are are limited and mm. inadequate, right? Mm-hmm. So, but the all of the ones I've been seeing have kind of pushed me towards dropping time off and just saying, okay, space is curved. Yeah, and right. This last one is is saying, forget about space for a second. It's time, time is gravity work. Mm. So it feels like neither of them is really uh, getting there, but both are starting to break me of this, like you know, calcified. kind of it's ingrained in me like it's a force that's pulling me down yeah um and if it's not that then what but so it seems useful in some way but Mm -hmm. so limited yeah well i mean that's just metaphor in general it's it's like map versus the territory like you can 
see a map of the United States or you know see a map of Paris and it gives you a lot of information but it's not like you visited right but you still you get you get the idea so if you if you map your experience in your little neck of the woods with this map and this conceptual framework this mental model for thinking about things you can kind of get there and at least feel feel less superstitious which i think is kind of the reason why all of this stuff interests me because it feels i feel my normal core beliefs feel so superstitious it's like embarrassing you know what i mean well i i what's yeah so i i have i don't want to lose that thought uh so i'm going to park another question and just follow up on that one like Mm. what's interesting to me about this along those lines is like our intuition really breaks down when the math is required for so much of this stuff is what i'm picking up. So this is a huge don't trust yourself for certain categories of of descriptions of how the universe works, which really shouldn't be much of a surprise. We have five senses. The universe ha- has probably myriad stimuli. Mm. We can pick up five of them. Like why would we think that our intuition would 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 work in trying to understand, you know, you know, if we're cockroaches on a globe <laughs> and we think we're on a piece of paper, like why would we think that we could understand that with just our senses? So when it feels like when math is required to uh, to get us there, like we should count on our intuition being fairly useless. Mm. And plus, yeah. And the other thing was that that we are our experience additionally is very very specific. Like we're all roughly the same mass. We're all roughly moving the same speed. You know, we're all roughly the same. So if we're all so close, why why is it such a big deal? You know the our our particular features. <laughs> so <laughs> awesome. Yeah, Love sweet blobs. So your um, intuition, like if it, if your intuition just comes from your, uh, you know, observations, and you're not spending time looking at stuff that's like microns across, you're not spending time, you know, in in a meaningful way, like you're not in a meaningful way trying to measure things at the micron level or or at the galactic level then of course your intuition yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, your intuition is going to be like very very narrow, extremely narrow. That's right. That makes sense. Like the first proof of general relativity was the position of a um of was light bending around the sun on its way to earth from a distant star. Mm-hmm. So they they waited for an eclipse so that they could um see the position of uh the the apparent position of the star but because of you know, their, uh, the data that they had on where the star actually was, it was just super clear that the light was bending around the sun. Mm. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well, I guess this is happening. <laughs> not, not intuitive. No, the star's right there. I'm looking at it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can see it. Right. And the, and the other one that, uh, there was an observation this, of, I think, sorry, what was the superstition part that you were talking it about? It just feels I like I think I went off on intuition. It just feels it's just like not the same thing. Yeah, it's but it's sim- it's similar because it's like to even talk about like how gravity works. Like who cares? It's working. Like this is how it works. I mean, not this is how it works, but like here you can observe observe the effects of it. And it's like yeah, but you're in such we're in such a narrow narrow um, context, you know. We're moving at this roughly constant speed at this mass and size and all of this stuff and the number of senses. It's like it feels almost superstitious. It feels like it feels like astrology almost like the level of like someone just says the apple fell from the tree and you're like, okay, that's gravity. (laughs) You know, I'm like, I, I, yeah, 
I saw Ricky Gervais had a good response to, I think, Stephen Colbert on something that I saw where it was like, if he's like, what's the difference? You have faith in, in the, in scientists and other people have faith in their religion. Mm-hmm. I mean, is this kind of what you're getting at? Like, what's the difference? Kind no, of thing? not exactly. I mean, I've got a, what did he say? Well, he was basically, one of the things he said was like, well, you know, if the Bible was just destroyed and was beyond anyone's memory um, and you had, you couldn't count on it coming back the way that we know of it today, mm-hmm. but everything that's been discovered in science to date, you, you would get there, you know, <laughs> that's a good way to put these it. Things, you know, science these, is like an emergent are, property of reality. Right. And, and, and science is fundamentally, I'm sure it's flawed first to be sure, but like the point of it is, is where it's determined to be wrong, where it, it it's, it's based on the premise of fallibility where new observation inf- informs the canon, mm-hmm. where it's not, not like revealed, um, you know, d- you know, divine revelation that is unquestionable. So it's like fundamentally different to be like having a superstition versus having something that can be used to create a microchip and to create air conditioning and create a rocket ship and mm. all the kinds of things that science has yielded because of its predictability. Yeah, that to me, that's 100% what it boils down to. The, the, the more useful, the, the usefulness of science is that it allows you to predict the future. Like if you do this, then that will happen. And and it's a framework, the scientific method is a framework for getting better at predicting the future. Like that's it. And religion- but- fundamentally is not good at that but uh, but the other piece to it is like philosophy is very old and you know what is that the 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 love of wisdom or you know trying to understand what a good life is or invariably getting into questions of where does it all come from where is it all going and which isn't the be all end all questions to be asking necessarily but like science is a tool that starts to poke at like a corner of reality to, you know, under, to understand it, to answer those questions. Cause you know, you look up at the stars and you, you wonder like who cannot look up at the stars and wonder a little bit mm. and superstition leaves you subject to other people's, you know, uh, whims and explanations. And, and whereas science is, I, I don't know, like, I feel like there is a huge difference. That's not just about utility. It's about, wanting to be able to respond to the general curiosity that one might have looking around Mm. and not be led by the nose by, you know, somebody who can arbitrarily say, you know, I don't know, pick your superstition. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I, I I heard an interesting talk recently. I, I don't think, well, so here's the, here's the funny thing. Not that we're talking about religion really, but, but since I brought up superstition, it's like the, I don't think they need to be, they're not fundamentally opposed. They don't, they don't need to be fundamentally opposed. I, I always like, I'm always shocked that religion tried to fight science on, or tries to fight science on their turf, like coming up with proof that the earth is only 400 years old or whatever they say. Or, and it's like, look, you're not going to win that fight. It's like, it's a difference between belief. I don't believe scientists. They can prove to me that it works. Like I can see with my own eyes when someone runs this experiment, it worked. I can see with my own eyes that the GPS on my phone works and GPS and, and the GPS satellites have to deal with quantum issues and, and time dilation. Like uh, every 12 months, they lose a second. You know, they're, they're, 
every 12 months, they're like a tenth of or a hundredth of a second slower than a comparable clock running on Earth. So they have to account for that because GPS requires that the two clocks are in sync. Otherwise, they can't triangulate. So like you can see stuff working where, you know, like, do you believe in God? It's like, I never met the guy, you know, like, what do you want me to tell you? So, yeah, I, I agree. Like there's there, there was definitely like more of ability for, for both uh, systems to, I don't know, to work just, just fine next to each other. Yeah. I don't think like, they're mutually exclusive. I, I don't know why like the church would the fundamentalist. I don't, I don't even know enough about it to know who is like, Oh, the, the earth is, must only be X years old because Noah's Ark, blah, blah, blah. Then it's like, like, why don't pick that fight? Pick the ethics and the morality fight. The science isn't great at everything. The science isn't going to tell you who's going to win the world cup. Cause there's no way to do the yeah. experiment. And I feel like science is, is uh, failing in certain ways now too, because it's, it's, uh, it is, it, there's not an appropriate amount of humility about what science does, especially <laughs> in, in, uh, in certain areas. Like I think with physics and astrophysics, I don't know enough about it, but there are proofs. There's, they mean, they've, they've got a really good tight handle on re repeating the experiments and making sure that they work. And, mm -hmm. and then you can see it out in the world. Psychology, I think would be a really great example of where it's crappy. Like, you know, you've got a complex human mind, you've complex environment, mm -hmm. um, and you've, you've picked 10 variables, 10 constants, whatever, that you are going to be a part of what you're studying. And it's like, let's go back to that, that grid view. Right. So space is the full expanse of a volume of, uh, of reality and <laughs> science will pick dots. Um, this isn't, I mean, maybe I'm not explaining it right, but like, it's like they cast a net over an area and they can describe the net very well, but, uh, maybe that's not even a good way to do it either. But like they, there's just no accounting for the complexity in psychology for them to be predictable about any of it. Right. So like, and, you get, I've, there's, this is like a hotly debated topic for lots of reasons that I think are somewhat political and, and have to do with funding and tenure and so forth. Like there's, there's a good, there's a, there are financial motivations to want to call something a science that, that are, you know, who cares what it's called? Well, it does kind of matter because science is funded differently than other things. So, okay, I get that motivation, but in, and there are, I think a large enough study can produce useful information, but is it predictive? I think in some cases, like behavioral economics seems fairly predictive to me, but it's just really loose. Like the macroeconomic level, it's not like, because like you said, it may be under a controlled circumstance. It gives us some insight into how the brain works, but it's nothing compared to like, if I split this atom, you know, a mushroom cloud appears. You know, like super predictable thing that you would never expect until you see it, you know? Right. So, yeah, it's like, it's definitely on a different realm. And I, I think the, I've seen joke memes about, about like, you know, this uh, kind of like um, scientists in order of, of uh, I don't know, ivory tower-ish or correctness or whatever. And like on the left-hand side, it's the social scientists and like the, the, the it's like the anthropo anthropologists are looked down on by the psychiatrists who are looked down on by the by right. the biologists who are looked down on by the chemists who are looked down on by the physicists and then way over on the right is the, the mathematicians <laughs> that's like, right 
but math and they all look down on philosophers <laughs> right but I, i'm not i'm not here to say that philosophy or religion is useless that's not it at all it's like i think science is right. useless in lots of situations too like hard sciences i think are useless in 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 situations of like how to be more fulfilled as a human being like no i'm, I'm not looking to science for the answer to that so right and it's like and why not like, and and there are limits to what it's explaining as well. And there's like, I feel like there's a humility lost with it. Oh, well, science this and science that. But mm -hmm. like, nobody still has a freaking concept of how it all started. Mm. I, I mean, at least that can be communicated well. I mean, something, some, something, I mean, it's turtles all the way down is yeah. like just as good as anything else at this point. I mean, obviously that's crazy, but you know what I mean? Like there are, there are limits of understanding what we understand has got to be like a teeny tiny fraction of what there is to understand. Yeah, and, yeah. Mm -hmm. and it feels like sometimes when I listen to science-based podcasts, there's, there's just a lack of humility sometimes about the limits of science. And yeah, like I you were saying, that. like I'm saying the limits of what, what they've, what they have been able to discover. And then, but also what you're saying is it's limited in its function. Like it doesn't, like you can find the technology to do all these things. You can have a smartphone, you can have a combustion engine, you can have a, yeah, a rocket, yeah, a rocket, but it's going to be used uh, only as well as our ethics, our morals, mm. and which are always lagging behind the scientific discoveries. Yeah. Yeah. It's always like. behind the tech. So, and it seems like the kind of battleground for this right now is AI because people are like, you know, if we create a super intelligence, is it going to Skynet us? And, you know, like, well, maybe we should think, you know, and smart people debate this. And it, it, and the people who are on the side of like, that'll never happen, or why would it do that, you know, are like, I don't find their, their viewpoint anymore. <laughs> it's like, I feel like the Skynet thing is kind of ludicrous. But at the, on the other hand, like, the Grey Goose story makes sense to me too. So it's, you know, so not, not that, not that the machines would rise up and destroy us. I'm sure the machines would just do what they would do and ignore us completely. It feels, having been a, a programmer for so long, I feel like the, the, my main fear would be just like accidental, unintended consequences. Like, not that they became malevolent, but just that, you know, we said, you know, we said like, oh, prime directive, make everyone happy. And so like it, it goes around and like mistakes happiness for smiles and just like plastic surgeries, a smile onto everybody's face, you know, like yeah, it puts everyone in a matrix pod. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you're happy now. Congrats. Yeah, congratulations. You're happy. Oh, we'll just make a virtual world. And but but to, to pull it back to gravity, it's like it feel I feel like my understanding of it is kind of like a religious it's more like a religious belief which i f it feels inappropriate to me for that subject where like someone in charge told me there was gravity full stop like that's the end of my understanding it's like someone told me there was a santa claus and like and that was it like oh yeah I guess there's and a santa. they and they could end up being very wrong and that's also part of the, the why it is different fundamentally from religion is Newton was wrong. Galileo was, was wrong. And, and Einstein is also apparently going to be found to be wrong as well. Like, yeah. And that's like one of the differences, I guess, is that, and then I guess to your point is, well, what's the value there? Well, the value is I have an understanding that things are more relative than I ever imagined. Mm. And that's interesting, you know, just to have that, mm -hmm. but also 
like you said, the satellites all work. <laughs> yeah, the trains run on time. Because because they, I I I picked up on that that uh, piece that you said before. Like apparently, if they didn't do that, your GPS would be seven miles off every time. <laughs> yeah, it'd be all screwed up. It wouldn't work. Which is nuts. Yeah, you know that that that's been sorted. You know, by a guy in nineteen oh five or whatever. Just, just doing crazy. thought experiments, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like science is is not gonna. But it does bother me. Like I think like the AI thing is bothersome. I think I also see I see it happening with climate change. It's almost the same thing to me. Like we have all these like we have all all uh, these advancements that are having unintended consequences mm-hmm. and no wisdom to do anything about. It. Mm. And and even if you even if I just focus on AI for a second, like there's nobody in in a position of policy power to that is asking the question like why is this tech being developed because the tech just gets developed right Mm -hmm. and the tech will get developed but without asking why you can't even develop a framework for judging the consequences like like is it fundamentally good to replace uh to put x number of people out of work you know with uh you know to replace it with machine labor you know, and we don't even have to look ahead into the future and thinking about like auto driving eighteen wheelers. Like, was mm-hmm. has it been in, in in the 20th century? Was it good? Right. Yeah. You know, with mass production and um and industrialization, it's it's we just the thing. It's like Frankenstein. You build it, and then you see what happens. You know that that to me is bothersome. Like there, I, there's endless podcasts about people saying, you know, are we going to have a Skynet? And I'm like, well, why is the AI being developed? Well, it's well, being developed to make more money. Yeah, there's tons of utility. Period. Yeah. Period. Mm-hmm. Sure. Well, but you could say and, when you say make more money, though, and I'm I'm not I'll just devil's advocate. You're also if someone is making more money, it means they created a bunch of value, and we could we can argue about whether you know who is the value being created for, and how are you measuring it, and what are the uh, not just the unintended consequences, but uh, what's the word for what's the word for like carbon offset? You know, there's like there's like a zero now what the hell is it called the net neutrality uh that's a different term but it's kind of, it's kind of Car- like it's like a deferred cost or like a tragedy of the commons where you know people are just throwing chemicals into the river behind their factory and it's like oh well it's we don't have to pay to get rid of these so let's just throw them over here and then the epa comes along is like uh, you can't do that anymore so now they're i can't remember the word there's a term for um it is the term that carbon offset is meant to address um, but I can't think of the name of it. But anyway, well, I feel like I could be shamed pretty easily by by you know saying that you know the pursuit of money is is you know fundamentally worth criticizing because like you're saying it's 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 an exchange of value. Mm-hmm. But as I was thinking about, it, I was like, oh, maybe I should back off of that a little bit because you know it it is an exchange of value. But right. Well, then look, I just start thinking of all these other examples of where people are finding value in this stuff but then it it doesn't it doesn't net out at all and nobody stopped to say the the caveats that you threw out there which is well who's going to decide what the criteria are for assessing value well you have an exchange of dollars you have advertisers that are propping up facebook and and google Mm. and it's of extremely questionable value to society right but you've just got you've got two huge yeah, companies that right. are driven off of ad revenues, mm-hmm. and it's ripping 
the society apart. Yeah. So, and I, I just to try, I guess to, to talk to the specifics of that, I think that the, that the ad driven model online, it really, yeah, I mean, what's not online really some things, but the ad model is a force of evil in society. Like I think now it has eaten every meaningful journalistic institution just about and like the social media it's just it's it's just destroyed the web in general i mean there's still lots of great stuff on the on the web but like any kind of content outlet is just garbage and it's just garbage it's unusable garbage clickbait you know because they're they're measuring the game they're playing scores kept the the is measured like who's winning is measured by attention so the more attention, like all the metrics that you hear about from like Facebook and Google and so forth is like, it's all boils down to attention. How many eyeballs do we have for how long? And then selling the eyeballs to the highest bidder. So, and then you get a bunch of, of people like creating algorithms to maximize engagement. And the easiest way to maximize engagement and is like outrage. You just make everybody mad. Yeah. So it, it's like... You're gonna. That's why there's no good news newspapers. All news is this bad was news. Built, this was built in a lab at in in Harvard. You know, I mean, it's crazy, but it's all playing out. And you know, just to bring it back to the the gravity piece is like the the science is is discovering these things and they're being like uh, employed in various ways, but without any kind of a moral or ethical or policy framework to to guide them like ever mm. like i can't think of any example where an invention came or was on its way and policymakers were like we should be really careful about this discovery yeah electricity we need to, de- we need to develop a, f- a framework around this it's like no like it just gets out there mm-hmm. and now everybody's got a tracker in their pocket mm-hmm. you know and everybody's so i, I don't know it's, yeah it's well-worn ground at this point but to, the, to your point before about how could you know religion and uh, science play well together, I think on the tough questions of the afterlife and spirituality, uh, science could be more humble and say, look, we don't fucking understand a lot of this stuff. We do mm-hmm. not know how this stuff works. Mm-hmm. We don't know where consciousness even lies. Mm-hmm. Like, is each individual cell conscious? Right. Like, we don't, we don't understand it. And, yeah, we don't know everything. And so we're not going to belittle some of these, you know, extravagances of, of religion. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time, religion, you're, you can't, you can't talk to me about, you know, uh, you know, uh, immaculate conceptions and you can't talk to me about, um, you know, walking on water. Don't yeah. talk to me about nonsense. Yeah. Carbon dating is not right or whatever. Like the earth is only like 4,000 years old. It's like, don't just don't, don't even, why even go there? You know, or, or flat earth. The flat yeah. earth is a is full a on Christian thing? movement. Oh, is it? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. It's, it's cuckoo town. And like the satellites are a great example of how you don't even need to know science or math. You could just see that the freaking satellites work. <laughs> so to take it back to gravity again, this, so the super, the reason I said superstitious is because it, it feels like the kind of thing that would have a scientific explanation. It feels like it's in that category. You can create controlled experiments and a b test stuff you can fall forward you know you can fail up and and that's like that's great application of the scientific method so i, I think that would be like an interesting thing 
to know more about, have a deeper understanding of. Uh, but it's, since we're talking about the ethics thing, like, you know, you know, there's dudes at the Pentagon that are like, how can we use this space time thing to like, like beat the Chinese or something? <laughs> like, how can we have like a gravity gun or can we have like, like a, a spaceship that flies around based on, on like gravitons, shooting gravitons out of the bottom instead of like propulsion? Have you heard about, I'll get this wrong, but this is worth Googling afterwards at some point. There's some crazy sonic weapon that was used to like injure diplomats at an embassy somewhere in the world. I can't remember where it was, <laughs> but there's a bunch of people that have like a unique set of bizarre and painful symptoms that is like being traced back to like some kind of a sonic weapon, you know? <laughs> And maybe this is like full on conspiracy crap, right, right. but sounds like James Bond. Like, but yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think of course they're. I mean, uh, I think the defense the Defense Department funds a lot of the basic science. Mm. I don't know which it is. I'm talking out of my butt as mm. usual. But, mm. <laughs> no, we could easily. I mean, this is Dad's famous phrase: the fact free conversation. <laughs> what it's all about. Yeah, yeah. It would be. I've heard some preposterous. Um, ufo stories that it, even let's just, never mind that let's just say a sci-fi book it's like straight up sci-fi describing um describing movements of ships spaceships that appear to defy the laws of physics so like like impossible acceleration or like 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 moving from place to place without accelerating so like not not like transporter but like more like wormhole-ish, like I just took a shortcut, like I didn't have to accelerate, I just took one step to the right and I was halfway across the galaxy, you know, like that would be so, like talk about a technology that would be, geez, I don't know if we should figure this out, like maybe we shouldn't figure this out, you know? Right. Like I was saying, I was talking to a friend earlier, it was like, it feels a little bit related, <laughs> but like in Back to the Future, when Marty goes from 1985 to 1955, are we supposed to believe that he not only went back in time, he went back in time only and was still in the exact same spot, like the earth was in the exact same spot in the universe that he landed in the same town? Like, like Doc Brown banged his head on a toilet and invented this like beta and his very first test also calculated where the earth was, like the giant assumption that like, like, I'm going to go back through time and land in the same, what does the same place even mean? <laughs> like, right. Well, when when you see those videos online of, of how our solar system is flying through the universe. Yeah. Like, it, it, if it, it would be funny if it was the same space, because then he would just be in floating in space. <laughs> right. Yeah. He'd be like, like, I don't know how many light years away from the Earth, right? If he just... <laughs> yeah, I mean we're we're flying all around right now. Yeah, right. Isn't so is, it like is, a big corkscrew? I I I forget. But I feel like there's some big corkscrew motion that the whole galaxy is going in. I I can't even remember. Yeah, but yeah. No, I mean Steven Spielberg. Like, what a bastard! He needed to have a physicist on staff, but he did get the the um the guitar speaker right. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> yeah, I actually watched that recently. Holds up pretty well. Made me laugh. Cool. I gotta, I gotta go. I gotta pack it in. Okay. In early morning, at least for me tomorrow. <laughs> oh, God. All right, dude. I'll talk to you soon. Cool, man. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Bye.